Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. We've almost made it through January. Will Fanny Mill Willis? Big Fanny Willis make it any longer in the trial of the century against Donald Trump. We now have exclusive audio of Fannie Willis firing a whistleblower, and that whistleblower exposes everything. Lead prosecutor Loverboy in Trump's Georgia case refuses to show up in court. Another contempt charge and Democrats panic over Trump's border plans that include alligator moats and bombing Mexico and electrified fences. <laughs> Mike Benz joins the show to talk about political psyops. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. I have been traveling. We will be traveling all this spring. You may have noticed that there's like a, a, little, like a little bit stuffy here, and my wife is as well, and that is why we're very, very happy that we subscribe to the wellness company. The wellness company makes sure that we have the medications that we need at hand for anything as innocent as a tick bite or COVID-19 or the next bioweapon manufactured in a lab. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is what you need to be prepared Life-saving medications like antibiotics, Z-Pak, and more are there, and a guidebook written by the great Dr. Peter McCullough himself. To order, go to twc.health slash Benny. That's twc.health slash Benny. Enter the code Benny for 10% off. Be prepared. Disease X they were talking about uh, in the World Economic Forum this year, so whatever the hell that is, it's good to have your head on a swivel. Ladies and gentlemen, we may have heads on platters, metaphorically, when it comes to the prosecutor of Donald Trump in Georgia. There were so many big news drops this morning, it's actually hard to keep up with them. There are three corresponding stories when it comes to Big Fanny Willis in Georgia, and we have actually moved beyond the funny puns. Now we are looking at actual obstruction of justice from Fannie Willis's office, ladies and gentlemen. The House Judiciary actually tweeting about it this morning. You can't make it up, baby. You cannot make it up how corrupt Fannie Willis's office is. And that comes directly in line with a member of the squad, Corey Bush, who's now being investigated by the DOJ. And we, we have all of it for you here in our A block. Let's start with Fannie Willis, okay? Because there are they're the same crimes, okay? Fannie Willis using taxpayer money to pay Loverboy is the same thing that Cori Bush, squad member, is being investigated by Joe Biden's DOJ for doing with her Loverboy security staffer. It's amazing, and it is particularly juicy. Georgia Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones announces members of new investigatory committee looking into Fannie Willis. Oh, baby. The backlash is here. Now, finally... The Georgia government is looking into the way that Fannie Willis is spending her money. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a whistleblower in Fannie Willis's office. This audio is brand new. As of this morning, Fannie Willis fired a whistleblower after being warned that the top aide wanted to misuse federal funds. Fannie Willis is, of course, getting paid a massive amount of money to go after Donald Trump in court. And that money is coming from the feds. Fannie Willis coordinated with the Biden White House, coordinated with the January 6th committee, and now Fannie Willis is firing people who are trying to blow the whistle on her. Well, that's obstruction of justice. This is going to get into the criminal territory very, very soon. Now, let's first off play you the actual warning here, something very important to pay attention to in this audio. 
uh, is that the person is saying that we're not able to use this money for MacBooks and swag and travel. You can't just do that. This is a very specific grant to go after Donald Trump. The federal government is funding you going after Donald Trump in this election case. So this whistleblower is straight up saying they're stealing the money. They're embezzling the taxpayer cash for themselves. And this is actually happening in two different federal cases. When does it become a federal case? Fannie Willis is like in big trouble. We want to make a bunch of puns here, right? About how Fannie Willis maybe having to do hard time, right? But like quite literally, Big Fanny is in big trouble. Watch. If you had to give me a sentence, what is the sentence theme? Once I told him about his respectfully and in an email about his lack of leadership and the fact that he wanted to do things with grants that were impossible. And I kept telling him like, we can't do that and questioning stuff. He would take me off projects, tell people I wasn't doing what I was supposed to because I questioned him because I understood. I helped write that grant. I knew what was in that grant. He told everybody in front of Crystal, Deontay, everybody, we're going to get MacBooks, we're going to do that. We're going to get swag. We're going to use it for travel. I said, you cannot do that. It's a very, very specific grant. Took me off. I questioned Junior DA. There's kids in there from out of the the um the county. All this took me off Junior DA. I did not want to do it. He made it look as if I wasn't doing what I needed to do because I questioned him because so, I knew for a fact Mr. Cuffey respectfully did not know what he was doing so, period so i respect that is your assessment um it was clear to me that you and mr cuffy were not getting along and i'm not saying that your assessment is wrong i want you to really listen to the words i'm saying so wait a second that lady was fired for blowing the whistle on fanny willis misusing federal funds these are the same federal funds by the way that were used to go on lavish vacations with lover lover boy just a reminder, Fannie Willis wants to tell you from the pulpit of a church how moral she is, yet she is here breaking up a marriage. This guy's married. She's using the federal funds to go on cruise ships and to Napa Valley with this guy while he's married. And yet Fannie Willis stands there on a pulpit and doesn't turn into a pillar of salt. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a pillar of salt, by the way, in the studio. We officially have... <laughs> we officially have our salt that lid massive salt shaker. We're working on it. Okay, we're working on it. It's a uh, Saul, Saul, tuh. It's a, it's a prototype. It's a prototype. We're going to get it down. Okay, and we have plenty of libs to salt later on in the show. <laughs> oh, we, uh, we kicked a little bit of a hornet's nest and we're going to explain. But, ladies and gentlemen, right now, Fanny Willis, ooh, baby. She's the one trying to tell you that she deserves all of your faith and credit because she's a black woman and black women can't be perfect, but that she is on the road that Christ has laid down for her. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not a theologian, not going to talk about like her personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I have my own simple Christian relationship with Jesus Christ, but something that you shouldn't do is use that relationship as a pivoting point to say that immoral things you're doing are moral. That's not how the gospel works. The gospel isn't silly putty that you like, had around your immoral activity and going on relation, going out with a married man and breaking up his marriage and using taxpayer dollars that were meant to be used on the prosecution of Trump, however evil that happens to be, but either way, being misspent. So you can go on cruise ship trips with Loverboy? Baby. Uh, that's not the way the gospel works. 
speaking here as a uh, simple Christian. Here we go. Fannie Willis axed employee who blew whistle on misuse of federal funds. Ooh, man. Embattled Georgia DA has a pattern of ethical violations and abuse of power misusing funds, whistleblower says. Now, here's something very important about this article. There are recordings. What's that about? So her employees know that there are recordings of her committing these crimes. She's doing crimes and people are taping her? Uh... How bad is this going to get for Fanny? This this ain't good, okay? This isn't like a reporter heard through a source who heard through a source who heard at a bar. This is we have the hard evidence of Fanny Willis punishing a whistleblower for talking about the misuse of federal funds. Fanny Willis may have fired the employee who warned her about mishandling federal funds. She didn't deny her allegations. Less than a year into her tenure as Fulton County District Attorney in 2021, Willis met with Amanda Timpson, an employee with the district's attorney office responsible for giving nonviolent juvenile offenders alternatives in the judicial system, during which their conversation was recorded and reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon. Okay, let's pay attention here. People inside of Fanny Willis's office are... Recording Fannie Willis's activities. <laughs> Uh-oh. Timson claimed that Willis, that she had been demoted after attempting to stop the Willis campaign aid for misusing federal grant money. According to Timson, the aide uh, planned to use part of a $500,000 federal grant earmarked to the creation of the Center of Youth Empowerment to pay for swag, computers, and their own travel. Ooh, baby. He wanted to do things the grant were impossible. And I kept telling him, like, we can't do that. So this is systemic. This is systemic. This is very much not good. Uh, Just at time, literally at time of recording, the House Judiciary Committee tweeted this article. Fannie Willis is now asking for $600,000 in money for new cars. Amid allegations that she mismanaged taxpayer fund, Fannie Willis requests $600,000 for new cars. Vehicles. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Wills wants to treat her staff to brand new taxpayer funded cars. She rides out the allegations that she misappropriated county funds to enrich her lover. Willis on Wednesday requested $600,000 from the Fulton County Board of Commissioners to purchase up to 16 pursuit and special service vehicles for law enforcement and administration purposes. What is this? This is Fannie Willis wanting to buy herself a motorcade. Now, we're going to cover what ha- was happening with Congresswoman Cori Bush, a vaunted member of the squad, in just a second. But it's the same thing. These people who defund the police, who create hell on earth, third world conditions for their voters and the people that, they, that they're that they supposed to protect, these people are the ones with the security, the guns, the staffing 24-7 in the armored vehicles. Same as Fannie Willis, same as Cori Bush. These stories are happening in parallel, and it's hysterical. It's really funny and ironic, and it's the most entertaining outcome. But ladies and gentlemen, that's not the only thing that happened. Now we know that Fannie Willis's lover boy skipped out on his court date. Lover boy apparently uh, did not show up for his scheduled court date Uh Uh, Yesterday, the lead prosecutor in the Georgia election interference case against Trump dodged a hearing where he likely would have had to testify about allegations of impropriety with the Fulton County DA Fannie Willis. This from Axios. What right wing conspiracy side are you reading? Axios. 
So Loverboy couldn't face the music. Lead prosecutor in Georgia's 2020 election interference case, former President Trump dodged a hearing Wednesday where he likely would have had to testify about his relationship. Unsubstantiated allegations, blah, 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 uh, jeopardized a high-profile case. Uh, Wade and Willis may, may have all of their charges tossed because of the impropriety. The hearing in Wade's divorce case was canceled after he reached a last-minute settlement with his estranged wife, multiple outlets reported. The arrangement staved off his testimony on the allegations with Willis for now. The Republican political operation co-defendant in the Georgia case made first public accusations of an improper relationship and alleged financial misconduct between Wade and Willis in a filing in January. After Roman's filing, Wade's estranged wife divulged financial statements in a motion on the couple's divorce proceedings, showing that they took two airline trips to Miami and San Francisco with Wade during the election probe, the Washington Post reported. Trump's legal team last week cited the allegations in a request of the judge. So this is um, unraveling very quickly. Uh, trust me when I say this, a guy who is like a greaseball, slip and fall, ambulance chaser, lawyer, the guy who like puts his face on the benches where like the bums piss themselves overnight, that's who, that's the Nathan Wade. We'll go through a little bit of his pedigree here in a second. But like this kind of guy, he doesn't, he doesn't settle. All right. These guys don't settle cases with their ex-wives. He's suddenly settled in an emergency filing. That means we're over the target. <laughs> like, like any time that they behave in a, in a manner that is like in panic and admits to wrongdoing, that means they felt the pressure. And that means that we're winning. So it looks like it looks like they reached a last minute settlement. The arrangement staved off his testimony for now. They'll still have to testify about this when they bring their allegations. And there's a judge that is now demanding that Fannie Willis answer a ton of questions about this. Who, baby, it is heating up. This is going to be very, very interesting. The whistleblower angle and the firing of the whistleblower is very interesting because there are actually laws that protect whistleblowers in all 50 states and on a federal level. Fannie Willis getting federal money would be in violation of those federal statutes. So that's quite a compelling case. Fannie Willis may may well uh, be under then federal investigation for punishing a whistleblower that was going to expose her misuse of federal funds. Now, those funds didn't happen to be for the Trump case. This was before the Trump case. I want to make that very clear. But nonetheless, this shows, of course, a pattern for Big Fannie. And the residents are now being totally and completely blackpilled as to what their representation legally is up to. Residents are beginning to snap and are beginning to then question uh, Fannie Willis and her management of this entire system. Now, as we've shown you, the residents uh, in Fulton County got out of their homes and cheered for Donald Trump, okay? Like when Donald Trump got the famous mugshot that sits behind me in the studio, the residents left their homes and cheered for him in the street. So these are the kind of people that Fannie Willis is dealing with. Now those people are going to public hearings and saying that the only way to get something done is to date Fannie Willis in the courtroom. Check this out. It's over. Well, I want to let you know that Derek Blasting, I'm done with Fulton County fumbling our elections. I'm done with the gross mismanagement of our taxpayer dollars by the Fulton County Democrats on this body. 
I'm disgusted at the information that is coming out of the district attorney's office as a taxpayer. I am done with most of your silence at the DA's apparent love affair with the special prosecutor and gross mismanagement of taxpayers' dollars to pursue what appears to be a frivolous lawsuit based off of partisan politics. Apparently, guys like me need to court Fulton County female executives if we want a free ride at all paid expense. Apparently, we need to pursue Natalie Hall and Fonnie Willis or maybe the executives in other departments if we want a full ride and full pay. The DA appears to be trying to protect past elections, but upon information and belief, she's trying to interfere with future elections by trying to convict a candidate before the general election. I'm requesting a financial audit to be done by the county auditor of the district attorney's office immediately. So this guy is so this guy is saying that Fannie Willis is rigging an election. This resident of Fannie Willis, this voter, is saying that Fannie Willis, the only way to actually get access to Fannie Willis would be to date her. Just like the attorney is doing on this Trump case. And it's worth actually reminding everyone who this person is. This man, his name's his name's Nathan Wade. He is generously referred to as Loverboy. And Loverboy. And this is not a joke. I mean, I guess it is kind of a joke. It's kind of all of it's like quite hysterical how stupid these people are. This guy's billing Big Fanny for his work past midnight. So, what exactly is Loverboy billing Big Fanny for? I'll let you fill in the blank. We can't say it on this show because we're trying to do a family friendly show. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's just say Big Fanny is getting her money's worth. Watch. Fannie Willis's lover boy, Nathan Wade, might be the hardest working lawyer in America. Nathan allegedly billed taxpayers for 24 hours of work on the Trump Georgia case in a single day. That means Nathan was working all day and all night on Fannie's case. What would lover boy be working on past midnight? He wouldn't be billing Fannie. No, he couldn't be. I'm sure he was just burning the midnight oil at the office. Loverboy's billed nearly 700 grand. Is he making more than the lawyers who aren't sleeping with Fanny? Is he making more because he's more qualified than they are? Or is the lover just working harder? <laughs> okay, we can't. Now, now we cannot. Now we can no longer help ourselves. We're going to wade into some of the puns here. Will Big Fanny get pounded in court? Will she have to do hard time? Will she face the wood of the gavel? Only time will tell. But Jesse Waters, it is great credit to him and his team for pulling Loverboy's record. Now, they'll write books about the case against Donald Trump. They'll write all of the books they possibly can. I mean, this is obviously a, a historic case. And so you'd assume that you'd want a lawyer that has some type of background in criminal law. I know we've covered this before, but it's worth repeating. If you need a heart transplant, you go to a heart surgeon. There are a lot of different kind of doctors out there, a lot of different kind of lawyers out there. Lawyers have specialties, doctors have specialties, mechanics have specialties, a lot of people have specialties. We have a specialty, right? And so you wouldn't hire a guy whose only pedigree is changing names and then suing people in small claims court over 
stolen DJ equipment to prosecute Donald Trump, unless there was something else going on. Here's, here's Loverboy's pedigree. Just a reminder, you're paying this guy nearly a million dollars to go after Donald Trump and keep him off the ballot. Watch. God, wasn't it them that attacked this lawyer of impeccable credentials? Is it that some will never see a black man as qualified, no matter his achievements? What more can one achieve? Well, the race card isn't going to get you out of this one, Fanny. We found Loverboy's resume. Impeccable? Not a word I'd use to describe Nathan Wade's credentials. Some of his highest profile cases involve car accidents. Loverboy represented a lady who was rear-ended by a beer truck. He tried getting her 300 grand for emotional and physical damages, but the case was dismissed. Loverboy's a piranha in small claims court. He represented an electronics store who claimed the customer owed him 11 grand for some speakers. Wade won that one. And his biggest court victory of all time, Nathan Wade helped two people get their names changed. <laughs> it's Nathan Wade who will probably need to get his name changed after all of this. Check out some of these like snap headlines. Fulton County Prosecutor Fannie Willis' romantic partner met with Biden White House twice before charging Trump. Well, this looks like collusion. Check this out. We actually have the record of it. We'll always show you the evidence and the data. Here is the record of it. Boom. Straight from the White House visitor logs. Strangely, uh, this guy who is an ambulance chasing slip and fall bum piss bench lawyer. This guy is getting long meetings with the White House counsel. I mean, look at the size of this. It's crazy. This guy is billing 24 hours straight for these visits with the White House. And then, of course, Fannie Willis was at the White House less than a week after the Georgia grand jury released their report recommending charges against Trump. What a coincidence. Georgia grand jury probe of Trump bid to overturn uh, vote recommended charges. Fannie Willis runs to the White House as soon as she gets her grand jury. It's all like, quite frankly, um, embarrassing. The collusion and the coordination which I suppose is like going to be a theme of the show. It's not a crime to notice this stuff. Like being a noticer isn't a crime. It's actually a really good thing. It sort of shows uh, the people who are doing the coordinating that we are paying attention. They really don't want that. They want us all to act like we're living in a Hallmark movie. It's not. It's actually kind of terrifying. Who are the people, by the way, that Fannie Willis used in order to get the conviction of Donald Trump? We don't talk about this enough, but the four person that Fannie Willis used to convict Donald Trump is which? Yes, I know. There are a lot of pejoratives being flung around right now. And so we're going to try our hardest to like to like keep it centered. She's a witch. This isn't a Monty Python episode. She's a witch. She like she says so, she brags about it, and she casts spells. And so I'll let you like be the judge of her mental state here in some of these news clips that they did before her publicist decided to yank her off TV. Here you go. This is the lady in charge of convicting Trump. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in, I just... I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. It's like what happens when the theater kids take over politics. We've been talking about this. 
She was near, she was like CNN couldn't get her off camera fast enough last night. Sorry, not last night, but when she was doing her interview rounds, they couldn't get Emily Coors, which is this person's name, off camera fast enough because her eyes were literally rolling in the back of her head like the poltergeist, like the exorcist. Um, Here's your trigger warning. If you are allergic to witches, here you go. Is it, would you say when it comes to, there are indi- there are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. Not a short list. <laughs> More, I mean, when it comes to the dramatic zoom, I like it. Rolls Royce. Look at, I mean, okay, this is the person that Fannie Willis tapped to indict Trump. This is the character of Fannie Willis. Inside Trump grand jury, four persons bonkers Pinterest account, which promotes witchcraft. This from the New York Post. Betty, don't be mean. Don't be mean. How are you so mean to these people? Okay, fine. Let's let them speak for themselves. Here are her posts about Wicca, witchcraft, and paganism. This is directly from Emily Coors' Pinterest account. Here's Emily Coors casting a pentagram. This is the symbol of the satanic church. There it is, the pentagram once again. Basic altar layout. Well, I mean, you know, am I like, am I allowed to notice these things? Or is it is our crime is noticing? Got it. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is such a disaster. We're really excited that it is um, spiraling out of control. And this is one that we've really sunk our teeth into. Because I believe on a strategic level that we have a chance to actually change the game down here. They're feeling the pressure. Loverboy is settling out of court with his ex-wife to try and keep all this under wraps. That means we're over the target. It's going to be a theme of the show today is being strategic with our energy and where we're spending it, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of spending, make sure that you are spending your savings correctly and investing wisely. I'm not a big investor. You don't want me to do your taxes for sure. Don't claim to be any type of uh, financial genius, But I have been able to see what the value of the dollar has done over the last 100 years, and I have been able to see what the value of gold has done over the last 100 years, and that is why I invest with Allegiance Gold. You should go gold today. My buddies at Allegiance can take care of you. They'll protect your IRA, 401k. You can trust the professionals at Allegiance Gold. They can send you actual literal gold, which is what what I have because, I one, I think it's awesome, Uh, and then, two, it's just like a hedge, Right? And so diversify, ladies and gentlemen. They have the highest trust ratings in the industry. Go to protectwithbenny.com today, protectwithbenny.com today. Call 844-66-BENNY. Get $5,000 in free silver with your qualifying purchase. Protect your future now with Allegiance Gold. Somebody who should be protecting their future but isn't is a member of the squad who is now under federal investigation, according to the DOJ, named Corey Bush. I don't know if there's anybody watching from uh, the Midwest If you're watching from Missouri, uh, shout yourself out in the comment section. Corey Bush represents this part of St. Louis that looks far more like a city 
that had just been bombed by the Allies in World War II, like carpet bombed. Looks like Dresden. You ever drive through St. Louis? You ever drive through Cory Bush's, uh, what she represents? I mean, it, it's tr- uh, like it's truly like these places should just be declared disaster zones um, and like should have the federal government like should go through and like maybe like just bulldoze everything and try and rebuild eventually because they've just they they true it's they they truly are like third world countries that exist inside of this country Bal- the city of baltimore is very similar to this you drive through baltimore it's just row after row after row of like bombed out empty shell houses and the same thing here with st louis now i say this obviously because i've gone to this district and i was repulsed by it but it actually makes sense the way a representative democracy works is you're going to send people who represent this broke-ass district to Congress, and, well, maybe they're not sending their best, okay? Maybe they're not sending their best. Cori Bush blames right-wing organizations for DOJ investigation that she need that she needed $750,000 in security details to deal with relentless threats. Now, this is, like, so weird. We talk a lot about the Old Testament here, and we talk a lot about um, God's justice and how hilarious it is uh, and how entertaining it is at times, Right? Various kings like Nebuchadnezzar, like being forced to get on all fours and crawl and eat grass like an animal. I find it particularly interesting because seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is exactly exactly what Loverboy has billed Fannie Willis. Where did all that money go? To Cory Bush's Loverboy. It's the same story. Democrats claim she hired husband for his experience. Denies misusing funds. So okay. This is a hilarious story because Cori Bush herself is inadvertently hilarious. Now we have here Cori Bush flashback. Is this her talking about? Is this her talking about BLM? Yeah. Okay. When this story first came out, she went on TV. Always a bad thing to do. A story showing that she was using hundreds of thousands of dollars went on TV and tried to defend it. She was paying her boyfriend at the time. This guy has since married Corey Bush and, you know, thoughts and prayers for this man. But she went on TV and defended it in such a hilariously low information way that it just makes you chuckle. It's just worth like kind of sitting back and laughing. Here's Corey Bush when this bombshell first dropped going on and saying, I'm going to spend as much money as I possibly can on my security and also, we need to defund the police. It's it's too good. It's not AI, I promise you. We didn't make this up. Watch. The thing, I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life. And I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up. And defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. It's so good. It's a, these people, if they if they are something, they're not students of history. When Stalin banned private property ownership under the Soviet regime, Stalin made sure that he himself owned multiple lavish palaces in every province of the Soviet Union. He was the largest landowner in the Soviet Union, private landowner. You weren't allowed to like go into Stalin's palace. So he banned private ownership of property for everyone else but himself. 
It is the communist tactic to do these things. And so it is also the communist tactic, of course, to blame your political enemy when you've been caught dead to rights. Another theme of the show, which we'll get to in just a second. So Cory Bush, who says, I will spend tens of hundreds, tens of hundreds of thousands of tens of hundreds of thousands of bachillion, quadrillion dollars on my security detail, which what she's saying here is I'm going to launder money to my husband who will then spend it on me. This is the racket here. It's actually like a really cute miniature version of the Biden crime family. I will bill the taxpayers and then lavish my family with cash and that kicks it back to me. Bob Menendez, Hunter Biden, Cori Bush, Fannie Willis. Are you starting to see a trend? So Cori Bush has followed the Marxist tactic of then scapegoating for her federal crimes here, you and me. She's blaming us for this, which again is textbook. It's incredible. Watch. In recent months, right-wing organizations have lodged baseless complaints against me, peddling notions that I have misused campaign funds to pay for personal security services. That simply is not true. I have complied with all applicable laws and house rules and will continue to prioritize the rules that govern us as federal elected officials. In particular, the nature of these allegations have been around my husband's role on the campaign. In accordance with all applicable uh, rules, I retained my husband as part of my security team to provide security services because he has had extensive experience in this area and is able to provide the necessary services at or or below fair market rate. These frivolous complaints have resulted in a number of investigations, some of which are still ongoing. The Federal Election Commission and the House Committee on Ethics are currently reviewing the matter, as is the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice on Monday subpoenaed the House Sergeant at Arms for records related to the misuse of funds for private security. When confronted by the media Monday night, Bush insisted that she wasn't the subject of the investigation and scolded reporters. So she lied. This is, of course, no shock. Cory Bush, not the brightest bulb. The investigation follows an ethics watchdog demanding and investigating into the $62,000 she paid her now husband, Courtney Merritt, from her campaign funds. So this is the same scam. The Biden scam, the Fannie Willis scam, Bob Menendez, it's the same scam. Now, there are two things that I wish to add to this, which I think is, uh, we might actually try and defend Cori Bush here. (laughs) Cori Bush may be the subject of the regime wishing to get some revenge for recent comments. Cori Bush was asked over the past year whether she wants Joe Biden to run for president. Now, Cori Bush isn't particularly powerful, but she's part of the squad, and she's seen as like one of these younger, intersectionally diverse uh, feminist leaders in Congress, okay? Call it what you will. She's she's being used by the Democratic machine uh, in order to push certain agendas. And so she has some power on those merits, those intersectionality merits, if you wish to call them that. And so when Cori Bush does an interview 
and is asked, do you want Joe Biden to run for president? And this is the answer. Tell me that this isn't noticed by Biden's DOJ. And they're not saying, oh, <laughs> we have a way to get you in line here, lady. Watch. Do you want to see Joe Biden run for a second term? She's got to go. Yeah, I, you know. That, that's an easy question. It's not going to take long. Do you want to see Joe I, Biden? I don't want to answer that question because we have not. That's not. Yeah, I don't want to answer that question. Okay. Um, I mean, he's the president. And he has the right to to run for a second term. Absolutely. That's, but right but I don't want to. I don't. I don't want. I'd rather you not do that. Okay, answer so you got like two minutes to be at the car. Yeah, I know. I got to get to the. Well, thanks very much. The other thing. Okay. Appreciate it. Here's the other thing that we wish to say when it comes to Cori Bush. She's not actually good at this. She's not good at the whole numbers game. She was asked about marginal tax rates during a live Fox hit, and it didn't go great. So in her defense, and as somebody who's not great at numbers myself, I have an accountant. I have a CPA. Make sure that everything's in line with my taxes. You don't want me doing your taxes, okay? It's good to know your strengths and weaknesses, let's just say, right? Here's Cori Bush being asked about marginal tax rates in what is absolutely one of the cringiest clips that exist on the internet. This is our cringe alert for the day. Watch Cori Bush try and do some taxes. Percentage. So you're saying that 40, you're, you're saying that they're paying their fair share is what you're saying. No, I'm asking what percentage is a fair share. Their fair share, the same, if I'm paying, if a third of my money is going to taxes, then I think a third of their money should be going it to It does. Taxes. Well, it does. I'm trying to understand it, because you realize the ta effective tax rate on the poor is less than it is on the rich, right? Okay, so first of all, um, I'm not the poor. I'm very close to that line, but I'm not the poor. Okay, so the effective, tax rate on, the effective tax rate on the middle class okay. is less than it is on the rich, correct? What fair share would you like to <laughs> Never a great sign, right? Never a great sign. The rich pay over 50% of the taxable by the rich. I mean, the top 1% pay more than 50% of the actual revenue to the federal government every single year. The rest of that is made up by the middle class. And you, I will certainly argue that that money is atrociously misused. But that is where the money comes from. It does not actually come from the poor. And this has always been the psyop about the income tax. The whole reason they were able to get an income tax was because the government lied to people last century and said it will just be for the rich. But in fact, the vast majority of the taxable burden is always shoveled off to the middle class. The rich maybe should pay more in taxes, but they are the rich have great accountants, offshore accounts, and are smart enough to not pay taxes, to figure out legal ways to not pay taxes. And some people illegal ways to not pay taxes. Look at Sam Bankman-Fried. But just like Sam Bankman-Fried, you can't get a get-out-of-jail-free card if you're not sufficiently, if you don't have sufficient fealty to the regime. And that is precisely what's happening with Cori Bush, I think. I think that Cori Bush has been super critical of Joe Biden, the regime, and his policies, and that they are now uh, committing a vengeance against her because of that. 
Cori Bush did not toe the line, and now she's seeing what happens. That's what I personally believe. What do you believe? Let me know in the comment section. I'm not saying that Cori Bush behaved ethically. She, of course, did not, obviously. It's the same, it's the same game. It's just they're, they're picking and choosing who they're prosecuting, just like Donald Trump, for political gain and for leverage, right? And politics itself is a leverage game. Politics itself is using influence and always has been using influence in order to gain credit with the American people and affect the vote one way or the other. The celebrity endorsement game has always been at play in American politics. And we've created a bit of a crisis in the corporate media ecosystem by simply noticing what's going on in our country. If we are committing a sin on this show, it's that we are noticers. I don't portend to be some Ivy League educated genius. I would argue that I probably have a room temperature IQ. My superpower is I'm alive, which is a blessing from God, and I we pay attention and we follow the trends. Just like we follow the trends with what's going on with Fannie Willis, Corey Bush, how that connects to the Bob Menendez, Joe Biden. The trail is there. The, my grandmother used to say, you're smart, but you're not as smart as you think you are. And everyone can always see the game at stake here. And what is the game that's being set up right now? The game that is being set up right now that I think is so particularly, actually hilariously funny that somehow people are trying to like keep this a secret yet publish headlines like this, the New York Times, the game that's being set up right now is that Taylor Swift is going to come in and save Joe Biden, which on a strategic level is really smart because Joe Biden sucks with young kids. Donald Trump is winning the youth vote right now. The 18 to 35 vote is saying life sucks under Joe Biden. Joe Biden is too old. Joe Biden won't have to live with the consequences of his actions. Joe Biden is corrupt. Joe Biden sniffs kids. And so the play, and the play is always like this, that you bring in someone young to go and sidle up to Biden and to say, it's okay to vote for this old diseased man. Biden will be there in a wheelchair, be drooling. He'll have his chipmunk nuts chin He'll have a glazed face looking like he just came out of the Krispy Kreme, looking like an eggplant. And they're going to get their celebrity endorsement. Taylor Swift already endorsed Joe Biden. Like it already happened in 2020. And it's going to happen again in 2024. This is her endorsing Joe Biden in 2024. If you read this tweet, she says she can't wait to scream at the TV to support Kamala Harris. I'm going to be yelling at the TV a lot, Taylor Swift says. Okay, well, then I believe Taylor Swift. I believe what she says when she says she's baking cookies with Joe Biden's logo on them. All right, I'm just a noticer. And I've noticed, and <laughs> I've noticed that a lot of people are publishing about how Taylor Swift can win the election for Joe Biden. By swinging the youth vote, which Joe Biden has lost, he's also lost huge margins in the Latino and the black vote. By swinging that youth vote, back to Biden. Now, why also is this important? The uh, power of celebrity 
was often in the hands of the left. And in fact, for every, every election, probably since Reagan, Ronald Reagan was the last time you had like celebrities actually endorsing or campaigning with or for a Republican candidate. There's, uh, I think, like people like Frank Sinatra endorsed Ronald Reagan. Donald Trump is the biggest celebrity, human celebrity to ever live. That's inarguable. He is bigger than Elvis. He is bigger than the Beatles. Elvis never had nukes. The Beatles didn't have a standing army. Donald Trump's been president and is therefore the largest celebrity no, ever no, like known, the largest human celebrity ever known to man. They have nothing to counter him with. And so it's actually quite strategic to have Taylor Swift come out and endorse Joe Biden because then you actually are trying to leverage the power of her, the celebrity couple for Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't have a campaign. Joe Biden has no celebrity in comparison to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the celebrity. And that's what they can't figure out. What? How do they counter Donald Trump's celebrity? Rob Reiner? They wheel out Rob Reiner? <sighs> On a breathing machine? Whoopi Goldberg? Kathy Griffin? That's your counter to Donald Trump? It's so sad. Road the O'Donnell? And so they're desperate. And they need to depend on Taylor Swift. In fact, I think it is in this New York Times article. ALX also grabbed me that MSNBC article saying that Taylor Swift will save Joe Biden. They published this, right? <clears throat> in the New York Times article, they talk about how the Biden campaign already has this wired. How the Biden campaign, I believe it's this article, already has the, the mechanisms in place for this endorsement, and they already know how they're going to do it. They've asked people applying to be to work on the campaign to stop sending them recommendations for Taylor Swift because they already have that. They already have that. That's what that's in the article. It's not wrong for noticing that that's what they're talking about. So, two things. <clears throat> This is already planned. It is centrally organized. Taylor Swift's already endorsed Joe Biden in 2020. Uh, I portend my guess is that she's going to do it again in 2024 and that it's centrally organized as all of these things are. The extra publicity that she's getting is obviously a function of professional PR, which is the game. And so... Like it's called the celebration parallax. It's an interesting thing that um, it's an interesting thing that is a phenomenon to a degree, but is used to attack people like us. And we've been attacked all over corporate press. I'll play you a I'll play you a mini a, 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 like a a mini cut here of how many shows came after us for simply noticing this. And this is all I'm arguing is that this cake's already baked, right? And so conservatives should maybe counter this but also shouldn't be surprised when it happens. But everyone wants to live in a Hallmark movie as though these things aren't happening. The celebration parallax is if you notice something and you say it's a bad thing, if you notice what's happening and you say it's a bad thing, then you're called a conspiracy theorist. I'm noticing that they're setting up Taylor Swift for this big Biden endorsement. That's what I'm noticing. And then try and move uh, low propensity voters to Biden. That's the game. 
it's actually a smart game because Biden has no celebrity and he's run, he's running against the biggest celebrity ever. So you have to counter that celebrity with something. If you call it a good thing, if you notice something's happening, but you celebrate it like the New York Times and MSNBC, here's the MSNBC headline. Taylor Swift could save Joe Biden. No, seriously. They're saying the same thing I'm saying. I'm saying that it's a bad thing and conservatives should be prepared for this. They should counter message it. It should not be shocked. We're not living in a Hallmark movie. This stuff isn't organic. But, but they're celebrating it and I'm not, right? And so that so so that everyone goes crazy because we just notice what's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is our this is our salt that lib clip of the day. So I want you to grab your salt shakers. This is my salt. This is my salt shaker. Here we go. I got a, got, I got my, I finally have my, finally have my prop here. My massive salt shaker. Thank you, Rolls Royce. This is our salt that lib of the day. We're going to salt all the people who came for us last night in the corporate press, which by the way, huh, Way to prove that it's not all centrally coordinated when every show does the same thing. <laughs> every show had the same talking point. So this is assaulting them for simply for coming for us for just being noticers, which is what we do on this show, ladies and gentlemen. No crime in that. Salt that lib. Get your salt shakers out. I want to see the comment section filled with salt shakers. We'll put the comments on screen. Let's go. into any conservative media or scrolled through Elon's ex-Twitter in the past few days, you may have seen the latest conspiracy that has the far right absolutely losing their minds. The Taylor Swift Super Bowl isn't making everyone happy because right-wing dinguses like Vivek Ramaswamy are claiming this whole thing is a conspiracy, suggesting that the Super Bowl will be rigged for the Chiefs to set the stage for Taylor Swift's Biden endorsement. Guys... I mean, are you all okay? Seriously, take a walk, shake it off, as she would say. I mean, as the right-wing conspiracy goes, stick with me here, Taylor Swift might just be an operative for the Democratic Party. Some, like Jesse Waters, who you just saw there, would even call her a psyop. Uh, Jen, I understand the president's going to deploy Taylor Swift at a strategic time. Oh, my God. I got asked that, Taylor Swift. I mean, are you up on the, the whole conspiracy theories? No, but I, I we, we might as well. Every other, every other network's like bathing in conspiracy theories. Why can't we? So, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't prove your point. It actually proves the opposite when everyone in the corporate media reads from the exact same script. It's not that big of a deal to say that Taylor Swift's going to go endorse Joe Biden in 2024. We just noticed, we just noticed that that's what you're setting up. And we're saying it's inauthentic, like, like virtually every celebrity endorsement ever. It's just playing politics. We're just pissing in the punch bowl here. <laughs> it's funny. There are funny me. It's funny. It's funny memes. It, it was really funny until y'all started being so serious about it. A lot of this, by the way, the groundwork for it was laid by uh, Jesse Waters, who on his Fox show had a clip from our Pentagon from about four years ago talking about how Taylor Swift can be used for influence 
against misinformation, disinformation, or information the regime doesn't want you to know, okay? There is no one doubting the authenticity of this clip. Nobody wants to argue the authenticity of the clip or the merits of it. We just noticed you're going to have a Taylor Swift endorsement. Boo. Whoo. <laughs> like, oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, here's Jesse Waters laying it out, saying that the uh, the Pentagon was trying to use Taylor Swift's influence. Here's a clip. You decide. Star in the world. Sorry, Gutfeld. She's been blanketed across the sports media entertainment atmosphere. The New York Times just speculated she's a lesbian. And last year's tour broke Ticketmaster, a tour that's revenue tops the GDP of 50 countries. I mean, I like her music. She's all right. But I mean, have you ever wondered why or how she blew up like this? Well, around four years ago, the Pentagon Psychological Operations Unit floated turning Taylor Swift into an asset during a NATO meeting. What kind of asset? A PSYOP for combating online misinformation. Listen. You came in here wanting to understand how you just go out there and counter an information operation. Well, the idea is that social influence can help, uh, can help uh, encourage or uh, promote behavior change, so potentially as like a peaceful information operation. I include Taylor Swift in here because she's, um, you know, she's a fairly influential online person. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah, that's real. The Pentagon PSYOP unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset. What do you want from me? Our crime is no, you're not allowed to notice. Tucker Carlson has this great line about how, like how lies are never published, punished. Lies are always published. Lies are never punished, right? You're only ever punished for telling the truth. Like we just noticed this obviously desperate political setup here. And now you're upset. You're upset because we figured it out. It wasn't even hard. It's, not even, it's like Fan, like Fanny Willis paying her boyfriend. It's like that hard. It's like out in the open. You're publishing. A, you're like writing entire articles in the New York Times and MSNBC about it. There is a final thing that I wish to relay to conservatives, which is that conservatives never weaponize or utilize celebrity power. Like the le- like the left actually sees the power in that. And we don't. You ever gone to a NASCAR event? You ever gone to like a, a concert, like a Luke Combs concert or anything? Like, have you ever like seen the amount of people that show up? It's like hundreds of thousands of people showing up to watch NASCAR. Hundreds of thousands of people going to country concerts every single year. And unlike the left, who sees and channels that into then that cultural power into political power, which is what Andrew Breitbart preached preached. Politics is downstream of culture, right? My mentor, Andrew Breitbart, would always say that. We don't see it that way. We're just not smart enough to see it that way. And so there's actually like kind of an important lesson here because this strategy is smart. And you could actually move voters for Biden. That's why they do it. But the hysteria about it does kind of prove <laughs> that you, you you plucked a nerve, haven't we, right, with all of this? Ladies and gentlemen, we are very proud to have our first CNN debut. Uh, we weren't invited on CNN, but CNN clipped our show from yesterday and popped it up on screen. And um, 
Well, thanks for allowing me to blackpill your audience, CNN. Namaste. Watch. Tonight, the right going all in on baseless conspiracy theory that claims Taylor Swift's relationship with Travis Kelsey and the Super Bowl are all rigged to help Joe Biden win the election. This is what I think is going to happen. There's going to be like some type of proposal at the after the Super Bowl is rigged for the Chiefs. And then the two of these people become it's like reach like crazy levels of absolute fame. And then they use that in order to try and save Joe Biden. Okay, Uh, those comments do not come out of nowhere. There's a whole lot about this. In fact, uh, the former presidential candidate and top Trump ally, and now a person seemingly campaigning for VP, Vivek Ramaswamy, tweeted, I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month, and I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially, culturally propped up couple this fall. Just some wild speculation over here. Let's see how it ages over the next six months. Wild speculation, huh? Have you read the New York Times? You jackasses. <laughs> Inside Biden's battle plan, where Taylor Swift fits in. The Biden campaign already has a plan set up for Taylor Swift. It's in the pages of the New York Times. It's insane. The celebration parallax here. MSNBC. There are so many of these, by the way. So many of these articles, by the way. Taylor Swift can save Joe Biden. No, seriously. So who's the conspiracy theorist? That's all I'm asking. The noticers are the ones who get punished, right? But we're loving it. We're basking in it. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody who has been a professional noticer for a very long time, somebody who knows a lot about influence operations and knows a lot about the way that they are structured, Mike Benz, former State Department Cyber and Executive Director, Foundation for Freedom Online Executive Director, joins the program now. So, Mike, the question, the setup here is there are there's it's I mean, Ronald Reagan went to Michael Jackson. Elvis was in the Nixon White House. Right. Elvis was federalized uh, against the war on drugs. Um, and they've you know, they've they've used celebrity status. Regimes have used celebrity status in order to push agenda for a very long time. There's nothing not not there's there's nothing strange about this. No. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, Marilyn Monroe was rolled out by the Pentagon for the war effort. Greta Garbo was instrumentalized by the State Department. You know, there is a multi-decade history dating back to the 1940s with the CIA and State Department deploying jazz diplomacy to try to swing the politics of African nations to the classical music concerts put on by CIA cutouts like uh, the Congress for Cultural Freedom which were hosted in France and Italy during the Cold War, to even the rock music concerts sponsored by the State Department and CIA cutouts in Germany to try to swing the hearts and minds of people in West and East Germany during the struggle of spy versus spy in uh, in the 1980s. In fact, on my timeline on X, I just put a uh, just did a multi-hour deep dive on the Serbian uh, revolution that was sponsored to the tune of $77 million to the political opposition in Serbia in 1999 to overthrow Slobodan Milosevic and the role of music in that revolution. But I actually, there's there's another element here that I, it might be useful to, um, to add to from a clip that you played earlier, which was the Jesse Waters uh, clip that sort of kicked off this whole news cycle. 
So I'm actually the one who found that clip and put it out. And then Jesse Waters contacted me and I wasn't able to make the show that day. And so he sort of presented it without mentioning my role in finding it within this three hour NATO stream. And he sort of misrepresented. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole thing actually came from me, but that's okay. I, I think, I think he's a great guy. I just think, uh, you know, cause the, the other part is he didn't quite, um, contextualize it accurately. And there were some, some misstatements that might be useful to clarify here. So first of all, this was at a NATO psychological operations panel. I was watching this because it occurred in, in August, 2019, which was right at the time when the intelligence services and the Pentagon were doing what I call the foreign to domestic switcheroo on censorship, which is when they took all this Russiagate censorship infrastructure to censor Russian bots and trolls, and then transitioned it to basically Trump supporters in uh, ahead of the 2020 election. And it was right in this critical time period. And there were a number of, and this was a, this was a this was a panel from the NATO Center of Excellence. And it's the Center of Excellence in Psychological Resilience and Strategic Communications. It was set up in order to swing hearts and minds explicitly as a PSYOP cell within NATO when they transitioned into what they call hybrid warfare, which is the doctrine that expanded their mandate from tanks to tweets. And that's their explicit phrasing. When NATO went from being about kinetic warfare to being primarily about psychological warfare. And so they set up these centers of excellence as a way to basically control the internal politics of countries in Eastern Europe, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, all the way into Germany. So we, so I was watching this on a stream when I noticed that they were, that these Pentagon contractors were doing, were mentioning Taylor Swift uh, as a potentially useful asset for NATO to win their own sort of psychological war going on in Central and Eastern Europe. That's sort of the backdrop of it, which is to say that it was not the Pentagon explicitly uh, saying this. These, these, were, these were Pentagon contractors. So for example, the woman in this clip that's, that's featured there uh, worked for a company called Graphica. Now Graphica got $7 million in grants from the Pentagon to do PSYOPs work. They were incubated in, in the Pentagon's Minerva Initiative, which is the psychological warfare research unit to help the Pentagon come up with ideas for psychological operations. And Graphica would then be deployed in January, 2020 as one of the first institutions in the world to begin censorship of COVID-19. They have a very deep, dark history of working with the biosecurity state and of working with basically the national security state to control the internal politics of countries to prevent people from voting Pentagon priorities out of power. And the real scandal here to me is, is not even about Taylor Swift and all of this. And it's not even about the political weaponization of celebrities, which is a natural part. I mean, you can bet that Trump is, you know, using this, this, this Snoop Dogg endorsement, you know, in, uh, in commercials in, in the year ahead. That is normal hard-nosed politics to, to have the sort of partisan utilization of celebrity. To me, the real scandal here is the institutional weaponization of celebrity. The fact is, is NATO is not supposed to be a Democrat or a Republican institution. It's, it's not even supposed to be a political animal at all. It's the fact that it represents the Western military alliance is supposed to be because it serves at the whim of the civilians who vote for it. It is supposed to be an arm of the government, not the brain of the government. Mm. And when it, when the military moves into the media space and says, we need to use this to control elections, because there are two things that Jesse Waters left out of that that are very important. First of all, in that panel, and I, and I have this pulled up at the top of my timeline. If you go to, if you go to my X profile at Mike Ben Cyber, you'll see the very top tweet there says, 
has a picture of Taylor Swift in this NATO psychological operations panel. And it says, goal, identify key actors to train and spread desired messaging. So they literally say, this is, a, this is someone from the Pentagon's uh, psychological warfare outfit proposing to NATO, which at the time was under a massive threat from losing EU parliamentary elections because uh, Marine Le Pen was rising in France. You had the Matteo Salvini movement in Italy, you had the Vox movement in Spain, you had all these EU skeptical parties. And NATO is basically the military arm of the EU. And you can say the EU is the sort of commercial arm of NATO. So they wanted to shore up the politics of, of support for NATO, for support for NATO military funding, for jurisdictional, um, you know, uh, movements and 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 uh, you know activity everywhere from syria to uh to beyond and so they <laughs> this is the military moving into control over the media and and explicitly attempting to alter the politics rather than being subject to the politics and that to me is the real scandal here i think that yeah i think that like we're I, and I don't want to get caught in the drama of this because it includes celebrities and names and things like that. I think that's a more of a distraction. And what you just described is something that we all lived through in the last two years of the Ukraine war, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Like my alarm bells are going off like crazy because there were there were this, this was clearly something that was being utilized. And there were a lot of muscles being put into swaying public opinion on this war. Now, one thing that goes that uh, the one thing that's obviously a glaring red siren, siren that should be the most shocking thing, the most shocking sh story of the last hundred years is the NSA reading Tucker Carlson's emails when he was trying to set up an interview with Vladimir Putin. Now, this is before the Ukraine war, but unless they stepped in to say you can't do that, which is wild, right? And then from that, of course, from that overreach, then you see cent like centralized messaging about Ukraine. All of it lies, right? We're winning the war and Russia's losing the war. That's not true. Ukraine will get all the land back. No, like the, the realities have now set in. And that's like what you just described here. So it's actually far more pernicious than some celebrity endorsement. Yeah, it basically overturns everything that gave democracy its legitimacy. The, you know, the idea of a civilian run government and of civilian run media rather than you know the the guys with guns controlling the government uh you know when when the military basically puts designs for its own agenda to control the government and to work against the civilians rather than essentially obeying the civilians or following the flow of what civilians vote for then you essentially have a kind of military class a kind of military yes junta that is that essentially controls the politics of a country and you know, we see this in, in other countries that are essentially U.S. vassal states. This happened in Pakistan, for example. Pakistan was the classic sort of U.S. vassal state during the, uh, during the 1970s and 80s when we, they were used as a way for us to basically package uh, you know, military operations against the Soviets by using the Mujahideen as, as a proxy group there. And Pakistan's government has what they call a hybrid, a hybrid government, which is kind of interesting in the sense that they have a democratically elected prime minister, but that prime minister is forbidden from, uh, from conducting essentially certain aspects of foreign affairs and military and intelligence and security affairs are, are completely the, the domain of the, the military side of the government. And so there's basically bumper cars on what the people can vote to do in Pakistan because the military side of that hybrid government uh, has dominion there. And when the recently elected 
prime minister, I'm sorry, when the most popular prime minister in decades, Imran Khan in Pakistan was elected and, and decided that the people of Pakistan wanted to go a different path than the military establishment. Uh, he was tossed out of office, uh, first in a, in a no, no confidence vote by the, the parliament there, but it was essentially orchestrated by the military junta in, uh, after a U.S. State Department cable, and they Donald Trumped him. They they hit him with 197 felony charges. He, he just got sentenced to 14 years in prison. And the U.S. State Department has been essentially saying that Pakistan should not even hold elections again in the short term because it's so obvious that Imran Khan would win that they need to postpone elections until he's in jail. And he just got put in jail. And so, you know, this is these are our partners and they're in, you know, it's essentially just a small scale version of what we now have in the United States. So I, that begs the question, and I do want your assessment on this because we began the show with Fannie Willis and the decay, the quick decay of what's happening in Georgia. And I think things are beginning to spiral into like the containment level of like things are, things are going south very quickly on this attempt to put Donald Trump in prison. When you look at the greater overall landscape of what Do the legal challenges Donald Trump is facing, uh, what what do you see as the strategic strong points and the weak points? We're hitting this Georgia thing pretty hard because this just seems sloppy, man. This seems this seems sloppy. This seems like it seems like something that could backfire like like pretty quickly, uh, in fact, uh, and show sh show the lack of strength. Um, in what they're actually throwing against Trump, but I'd rather listen to an expert on it. No, I mean, it's it, all of them are sloppy. All four of the cases against Trump are sloppy. I mean, if, if you remember even the classified documents case, the first case they brought in from, from New York, you know, the whole thing is there were supposed to be these nuclear documents. And that was what basically set the stage for this legitimacy. And then it turned out, oh, actually, that wasn't it at all. And, you know, now it's just basically a paperwork issue. But, uh, you know, the initial furor was basically tamped down by calling it something that it radically wasn't. And then, you know, you have this, the, the January 6th, uh, you know, cases, which are completely insane. I mean, I mean, you literally had a, a Twitter suppressed tweet from Trump himself telling people to go home and, uh, and be peaceful. And, uh, but you know, that lasted five minutes on the platform before that was censored. And that's nowhere in the indictment papers. I mean, everything around exculpatory evidence and uh, you know, I mean, the defense attorneys are supposed to be the zealous advocates. Prosecutors are supposed to be even handed. But justice in this case is so blind, it's basically had its eyes poked out. Um, but in this in this case, I I suspect that it's going to, you know, it may ultimately fall to the Supreme Court. And part of this may be a, a pressure cooker tactic to basically try to delegitimize a, a conservative oriented Supreme Court in the event that it falls to them at the end of the day to exonerate Trump on either technical or substantive grounds about these. But the other part that we've seen is with this E. Jean Carroll case, which to me is almost scarier in some respects than the than the than the criminal charges, which is this attempt to use lawfare to bankrupt and capacity cripple your uh, your political opponents. And in some ways, that actually is is more devastating. I mean, this is an eighty three million dollar judgment. You covered this expertly, you know, over the past several weeks, all the insanity around the the E. Jean Carroll case. But this is something I remember, you know, and readers, viewers can look this up. There's something called hashtag Masongate. Masongate. It refers to a guy named Paul Mason, who several years ago, after working for British intelligence, 
um, devised a plan to try to bankrupt left-wing uh, anti-war uh, news institutions who were delegitimizing NATO's operations in Ukraine. And Paul Mason proposed to a series of academics and NGO representatives a, a three-part plan to try to stop uh, opposition news to, to essentially the, to, to NATO. And the first was we get these people kicked off social media. And if we can't do that, get them debanked. And if we can't do that, find a sympathetic plaintiff to bring a, and you've heard of this as quote, the nuclear option, uh, to bring a, to find a sympathetic plaintiff to drive these, these, these news outlets into bankruptcy through a defamation case. And so this is British intelligence explicitly plotting to take out uh, civilians in the, in the news industry through, uh, through organized lawfare on BS uh, civil tort claims, because you know, you don't, if somebody's broke, they're, they're as politically dead as if they're in jail. And the fact that you've, you've seen this weaponized now so many times, this Paul Mason strategy here in the US from Nina Jankovic suing Fox News for defamation, you know, over, over calling her exactly what she was, a disinformation artist, put in, you know, designated a disinformation expert from Ray, Ray Epps, you know, from, uh, you know, the Dominion case. Time and time again, every time these people get in trouble, they, they, they try to flip it with these totally BS defamation cases that are totally rigged because people aren't even able, when they bring in a sympathetic jurisdiction, people aren't even able to present their defense. Like Trump wasn't able to present his defense in the, uh, you know, in this E. Jean Carroll case. And there are many similar examples of that. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kangaroo court bankruptcy strategy. And I think that that they will be emboldened by the E. Jean Carroll case to try to, uh, to try to drive that up in order to cripple both Trump at the campaign level and, um, you know, and, and at the operational level. So this ties in very nicely to my final question for you about Elon Musk and what's happening in Delaware. So, like, I guess the takeaway is don't ever register your business in a Democrat state. Delaware is supposed to be really good for corporations. That was a lie. And Elon Musk just had his $55 billion compensation package, I think, struck down uh, by a judge in, in Delaware. I don't know if you've been following this very closely, but it really does sound like it's in the exact same vein. And my follow-up to that question is then how quickly then does that pivot to defamation cases against Elon Musk? No, I mean, that's totally shocking to me. I started my career, it was spending eight years doing big law, corporate law in, in New York. I mean, it was incorporating in Delaware was uh, was not even a question. Everybody everybody did it. Every client you represent, you organize everything in Delaware. It was, it was supposed to be the sort of stronghold for respecting, uh, you know, uh, meetings of the minds, independent arm's length, agreements between you know within within a corporation and between a corporation and, and its shareholders uh i would say it goes even bigger than just sort of democrat republican i think that this has to do with the foreign policy establishment and the dc uniparty i could see texas for example you know D texas is very divided right now i mean in, in addition to the sort of purple state threat from the mass flooding of, of illegal migrants into the country you have the fact that that dave uh Phelan and and the uh the 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 Republican-controlled Texas State Assembly impeached the MAGA populist state attorney general, Ken Paxton, just earlier this year. I, um, in terms of this capacity crippling strategy, strategy to try to basically kill Elon Musk's wealth in order to kill his, 
his power projection. I could see that coming to Texas, not just if Democrats take control, but if the if the sort of Dick Cheney, uh, Jeb Bush uh, arm of the Texas power structure is able to successfully wedge out the uh, the populist side. So, you know, nowhere is there's no state that's safe here. This is going to be a battle that we're going to be in for for generations to come as we struggle to fight against our own national security state and determining uh, the, the civilian judgment on what the national security state should do. I mean, it really is absolutely astonishing and wild times. I wish that we had more time, Mike. I love speaking with you because you actually speak from a font of knowledge about these issues, and we learn so very much. Uh, Godspeed, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone needs to go follow Mike Ben's Cyber on X. Here's his account. You won't be disappointed. 140,000 followers, 140,000 patriotic Americans can't be wrong. And he takes great photos of the sunset or sunrise. <laughs> Thank you, Benny. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye, Mike. Godspeed. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out here hustling and grinding and speaking our mind. It's our job to inform you to call out what we believe is going to happen. This is the old switcheroo with Joe Biden next. I think so. I really do. I think so. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Well, I mean, like, we'll present the evidence, okay? It's very valuable for us to stay free and stay independent, and that is why we ask that you join the Brenny Brigade today if you wish to keep us independent for less than the price of a Happy Meal at McDonald's. You can support our show and make sure that we are able to speak truth. Tr the truth shall set you free, and the truth is salt and light. And we love our salt on this show. I just, I really like this prop. We're gonna punch some holes in the top, right? We're making a real nice salt shaker. Maybe put some fake snow in it. We need salt all over the studio. Royce is over here having a panic attack. We don't even have a vacuum cleaner. Ladies and gentlemen, we out ya, okay? Maybe, maybe if you support the Benny Brigade, we'll have, we, we can buy a vacuum cleaner for the studio. Please consider going to BennyJohnson.com today backslash brigade to support independent journalism. We will never leave you with anything other than uplifting. It is our job, actually, not just to declare how so many things that are wrong with the world or broken with the world, but to also tell you what's right. And with that, we go to our verse of the day, Matthew 19. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Be at peace today. Know that when you see some of the evil uh, in our world, and we certainly do live in the Sodom and Gomorrah of our times, when you see that evil, and when it seems like there's nothing we can do about it, all things are possible with God. That is our charge. March forward. It's your boy, Benny, fighting right alongside you. See ya.